0: Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at encounterchurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search EChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. So guys, how has your week been? How's everything been going? You know, with the fast and stuff, we are. This is the seventh day of the fast. Can you believe that? And don't forget, we're going to have wristbands available for you. If you did not get them last week, we still have wristbands available, and we want you to grab those so every day you can be reminded. I love my wristband, and it will be on till this time next year, and I'll replace it with next year's. And and we can be reminded to pray first. But listen, going without anything. Is never easy. And and I think here's what we've discovered this week. Are you ready? I think we've discovered perhaps how imbalanced our lives have become. How much we depend on the world and we turn to the world so much more than we turn to God in our lives. And through fasting, it just gets our lives back into priority. It just puts our lives back because I'm tired of giving God the leftovers of my life. I want God to be at the head of the table when we eat. But for many of us, we're like the food's in the refrigerator, the microwave's over there, just put it in for a minute and a half and it should be good. That's how we treat God so many times in our lives. But I want God to be at the head of the table. I want Him to be served first. I want to eat with Him. And I want Him to be around the table. So we're reprioritizing our life. And remember, no time ever given to God is wasted. You may not see immediate return. But I'm telling you right now, if there's a seed in the ground, a harvest is coming. And so you keep sowing and you keep believing and you keep trusting because a harvest is coming in your life. So what are we talking about? For the next month, we're going to be talking about setting new habits in our lives. We're good at resolutions. Resolutions are okay, but they usually go downhill. They usually go backwards. We start strong and then end. We're going to set principles in our life that we're going to start low because we're building foundations, but we're going to see them grow and we're going to see them develop in our lives. And so we've got to have new habits. We've got to have good principles to build our lives upon. Why is that? Because we are what we repeatedly do. We talked about that last week, didn't we? Like that or not, it's the truth because we form habits and then our habits begin to form us and build us and create us. We talked last week about how most have uphill hopes, but yet downhill habits. Hope is necessary. We've got to have hope for things in our lives. But hope is the motivator, not the strategy. It's that which helps us start. Come on. It's the starting point, but hope won't keep you going. You've got to have more. It's the start, but you've got to put something else to it. Let me explain this. If I want to get in shape. If I want to lose some weight, that's the hope. I I want to lose weight. I've got hope. But I need to put some strategy to it. Maybe I need to start working out and joining the gym. Maybe I need to start eating right. Oh, I can hope I'm going to lose weight. But if I'm not eating right, come on, look at me now. Come on, are you with me? And something else that's good too, maybe I need to find a workout partner, someone to have accountability in my life. Why? Because I can hope till I'm blue in the face, but I've got to be intentional. We've got to have habits that are connected to our hope, that our hope is built upon so we can see things take place in our life. Because everything worthwhile is going to cost you something. Everything worthwhile is uphill. It's not always easy to get to, but it's doable. You've got to go through a challenge, but it's doable for your life. Look at this scripture, Romans 12, verse 2 from the Message Bible. It says, In fi- instead, fix your attention on God. That's our statement, really, for our lives. We're fasting, we're praying, we're seeking God. Instead, God, we're putting you first. We're fixing our attention on God. Then what happens? You will be changed from the inside out. Resolutions can't do that. Other people can't do that, but God can Amen. and God will. And then you will readily recognize what God wants for you. You know, the number one question that Christians have is, what does God want from my life? Huh? Give your life to him Amen. and you'll discover that because you'll recognize and begin to know what he wants from you. And then you'll quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. What a great definition of the culture and the present society that we're living in today. Dragging us down to a level of immaturity. You look around and you think to myself, that's grown people doing things like that. They should know better. They should think better. Anyone with me? That's the culture that we live in today. But God says, hold on a second. I want you to rise above that because I want to bring out the best in you. God said, I want to develop you. I want you to be well formed and I want maturity to be inside of you. And I love that. God wants to change us from the inside out. Why? Because he has the best for your life and future. So you can avoid the immaturity and the ways of the world and you can discover everything that God has. How do I get to that? I've got to build my life upon right habits, habits that will sustain me. Last week, we talked about focus on what I do first. So important. Habit number one, focus on what I do first Is important. I pray before you grabbed your phone this week that you began to pray. I I pray before you went into that meeting this week, you prayed. I pray that you've been putting God first in your life like never before. Why? Because trusting God, putting God first in every area of your life will change your life. You see, one of the great things that fasting does is this: it breaks the habits. 21 days they say it takes to make or break a habit, to create or to lose something that's in your life and to put, replace it with something that's right. I read this this past week behind someone when it talked about fasting. And look at this it says, What you starve dies, but what you feed thrives. That's fasting and prayer right there because fasting is starving those things, prayer is feeding my spirit. Let me say it another way. Fasting is disconnection from the world and prayer is connecting back to God. And so we've got to realize that in our life. And the first given to God carries a supernatural blessing upon it. When I give first to God, my life, my money, my energies, when I give to God first, the first fruits. the promise is God will redeem the rest and he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings. Those blessings aren't just financial. There's a whole lot more blessings in my life I need over the money. As long as I've got food on my table, I'm going to survive. But I need my kids saved. I need health in my body. I need peace in my mind. I need strength. I need direction in my life. Blessings, blessings. Put God first supernaturally. To the natural, God adds his super and makes it supernatural as you do. We can expect God's blessing. That's the principle of first. That's my introduction today. Here's my message. Habit number two, number two, number two. Control my thoughts. God help us. God help us today. Control my thinking. This could be a year-long series right here because we've got some issues in our minds. We have some issues in our thinking. We can label it as stinking thinking, believing a lie. Just take a few moments, if you would, and reflect back on your life. Just think back. I'm not asking you to dwell on the past. I'm asking you to reflect on the past. But think about this. Every pivotal moment of your life was when your thinking changed. Remember the prodigal son? Found himself in a pig pen, and the Bible says, and when he came to his senses... When he changed his mind, when he brought his thoughts back into check, he began to say, man, I could be a servant in my father's house because at least they have food to eat. When our thinking changed, our life changed. We were in darkness. We were in sin that we had many of us placed ourselves in. Because of our choices and our decisions, due to our thoughts, we found ourselves in the pig pen. But then when we came to our senses, when we come to our senses and change our mind, what happens? Our life's course is altered. And God now can give us a fresh hope and God can give us a fresh perspective. So what? Then the real change can happen. And the real change that needs to happen is a heart change. It's not a head change. It's the head change that gets us back in the right direction. But it's a heart change that alters the course of our lives and changes everything. Why? Because God wants to do something from the inside out. An only God thing. Say with me, only God. <laughs> only God. I'm going to make this statement. It's not, not on the screen, but it's a good one to note down. Are you ready? You cannot think your way into heaven but you need to have renewed thinking to make it there. Now you can quote me with that because God gave that to me that 's pastor P right there that 's you can can't think your way into heaven. Well, I think I 'm going to good enough, and I think you, you can 't do it, but you need a renewed thinker. you need a renewed mind thinking. To get there. Because here's what I'm saying. Even after accepting God as your Lord and Savior, your mind can still have major problems and your mind can be a major hindrance to your life, causing a roadblock to take place. Philippians 2 shows us this, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind do I need to have? The mind of Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, who was God, he wasn't acting a role, he is God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was God. But he made himself, listen, he chose to make himself of no reputation to take on the form of a bondservant and the coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as man, what did he do? He humbled himself himself And became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Let this mind, let these thoughts be in you. What was the thoughts of Christ? He humbled himself and he became obedient to God. Does that describe your mind? A lot of us have lofty thinking. A lot of us are full of pride and arrogance and insolence. We haven't minds of humility and surrender to God. So, is that mind in you? Before you think about it, can I just tell you no, probably? Your life will never change until you change the way you think. It's not the doing that's the problem, it's the product of your thinking. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 2 tells us wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. Man, I I don't think it could be more black and white than that. You think right, good. Stupid thinking, bad. Come on, I've got half of you. Come on. Having a humbled, obedient mind... Having a prideful insert, I can do it on my own mind. Not good. So controlling my thoughts determines the pathway of my life. I want to look at some things about our thoughts today. I'm going to give you three things quickly, and then we're going to look at five practical ways to work them into our lives. Are you ready? So here's the first one. Everything begins with a thought. Everything in life begins with a thought. Maybe you're having to think about that right now, but it's true. Everything be- It doesn't begin with an action because your mind has to tell your body to respond and do. It's your mind that is controlling your body. James 1, 14 and 15, temptation comes from our own desires. Well, it's their fault. No, God says temptation comes from your thoughts, from your desires, from your mind, which entices us and drags us away. These desires, our thoughts, give birth to sinful actions. And when that sin, when those actions are allowed to continue to grow, what happens? The outcome is death. Maybe not a physical death, maybe a physical death. But there's a death greater than a physical death, and that's a walking dead, being alive but not living, breathing but not experiencing life, existing but not abounding in the blessings that God has for us. If you would go back and look at this passage, James is talking about the source of our sin. And he says these words, God cannot tempt you. God's not the source of your sin. God cannot tempt you with evil. That's what he says. So what's the source of our sin? We want to jump to the devil. Oh, it's the devil's fault. Well, hey, he aids in that, but it's your uncontrolled thinking that's the source and the problem of your sins. And if conceived the wrong things, if they're birthed in our mind, they're going to produce the wrong desires. It's conceived in our mind and then it's birthed In our actions, everything begins with a thought. Proverbs 23 7 For as a man or as he thinks in his heart, so he is. The thought is this so we become. So we become. And this passage takes it one step further because notice it doesn't say as a man thinks in his mind. Because it's now gone beyond the mind and it's now in our heart. It is controlling us. It's the source of life. So we've got to be careful because it goes from our heads and it pollutes and destroys our very hearts. Because what gets into our heart either will make us live or will make us die. Because our source is our destination. Your behavior will not change until you change your thought behind it. Well, I'm just going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out. Come on. You'll never get there until you change your thinking. You've got to be intentional. You've got to take it. And God desires to change your thoughts. Thank God. Romans 12:2. Do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. King James, the holy book says this, do not be conformed. I love that because the picture is this, put in a mold or in a box. The world wants to stuff you in a mold and in a box. It wants to make you think like it, look like it, live like it, believe like it, be like it. That's what the world wants you to be. But Paul writes under the instruction of God, don't be like the world. Don't live like the world. Don't speak like the world. Don't think like the world, but Let God transform you into a, I'm ready for a new person, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready by changing the way you think, by renewing your mind, having a new mind, no longer controlled by my stinking thinking. Here's a question for you, you ready? Don't answer right now. I'll tell you when to answer. Just think about it. Where does Satan attack you the most? Hold on. Don't answer. Where does his greatest attack come? What is he targeting in you? Come on. One, two, three. It's your mind. Why? Because he knows if he controls your mind... He controls your body. Right. I believe it's 2 Corinthians... Chapter 4, it says this, And the God of this world has blinded our minds, lest we see what? The light of the glorious gospel. Satan has put us in blindness in our minds that we cannot see the hope of God, that we cannot think that we'll ever be different. There's no hope in our lives. He attacks us in the mind. Everything good and bad begins with a thought. Number two, what you think determines how we feel. Come on, you don't believe it. It's true. What you think determines how, oh, we're so quick to blame others for our feelings and where we find ourselves, but really it's not them and it's not that. It's our response to that. Well, Pastor, I was offended when you talked about the Cowboys. It wasn't the statement, it was the response to it that you were offended by. You can't control what people say, you can't control what people do, but you can control what you do and your response to it. Come on now, I'm preaching better than you're responding today and I'm going to keep preaching until someone shouts in the house today, okay? Because you've got to understand this, it's not what they do, it's your response. You still have a choice. You have the ability to change your mind. That's not who I am. Come on, someone can look at you and say you're worthless. You now have a choice to believe that or not. And you can't say, well, I'm worthless because they told me. you got to go to God's word and find out that you are precious, that you are awesome, that you ain't a mistake, but you were bought and paid for with a price. So i got to choose now. It's my response that changes everything. Your response and the way you think matters. We've got to put a filter on our mind. We've got, we've got to filter our mind because there's a whole lot of junk out there. We've got to filter our minds. How, how can we filter our minds? Man, we could preach a whole message on this, but let me, sum, let me sum it up this way. You've got to watch what you're putting in. Watch your intake because your intake is going to determine your outtake. Garbage in? garbage out, put junk in, it's going to come. You can't produce something different than what you're putting into your life. And that's why the fast is so powerful, because we're changing some things that we're putting into our lives. we preached a whole message on this, but just because it's not bad doesn't mean it's good. Well, it's not bad. Well, is it good? Well, no, because there's a third column. Remember God, it's bad, good and God. Come on, it's bad, good and God. Well, well that's not bad music. They're, they're not bad people. But is it God music? Yeah, there you go. Is it feeding you? That's what you've got to ask in your life because it's not an automatic switch. That's why I think one of the most powerful fasts that you can go through, and you can add this to any fast you're doing, is a soul fast. Yeah. Yeah. That you are guarding your mind, your emotions. You are putting in Different things, and I've talked about this, but I think it's good. Watch what you are feeding. Get off your phone. Get off social media. I was thinking about that. Someone said, well, pastor, if we get off social media, we won't be able to listen every night. Create a new ca- an account and just like the church. Create a whole new account and just like the church, then you won't have to worry about anyone else coming on your account. Come on, problem solved right there. Turn off secular music. Turn off the TV, the movies, video games. Watch the intake of your life. I know in my life this week I have limited those things. I've eliminated some of them. I've been off social media all week. I know I've been doing my things, but I'm not going through these things and looking what everyone else is doing because I'm watching what I'm doing this week. I'm monitoring my heart and my life. And I really encourage you, whatever you put aside and what you lose, you've got to replace with something. You've got to replace it with spiritual components. So feed yourself on worship. Feed yourself on praise. Feed yourself on the Word of God. Feed yourself on prayer. Get a great book to read. Are you ready? Listen to this. Have quietness. You know what I've done nearly every night driving home from work? is turned everything off and been quiet. And that has been one of the hardest things that I've had to do. I'm just being honest with you right there. One of the hardest things. But the Bible says sometimes, Doug, I've got to be still to know he's God. And sometimes when we begin to get still with God, Philippians 4, 8 and 9, these are the verses after your wristband verse. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever things are noble. Let me stop just before I read this. One translation says, fix on these thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Here, come on, fix your thoughts here. Whatsoever things are true, fix my thoughts there. Whatsoever things are noble, just, pure, fix my thoughts there. Whatsoever things are lovely, if there is a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Fix your thoughts on these things. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, these do No. Excuse me, notice the result. And the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. The peace of God will be with you. The peace of God will rule in your heart and in your mind. Many aren't living in peace. Why? Because our thinking determines our feeling. We're thinking the wrong things and we're not seeing the peace of God in our lives. We're seeing the unrest of the world and the fear of the world. People say to me this week, man, oh, the government shut down. Oh, this, this, this. What's going to happen? God's still on the throne, God's still in control. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think we should bury our heads, but we're praying and believing that God would sort this out and take care of it. But I'm not going to think about that all day because my thinking ain't going to change what they're doing. But my prayers will when I look to God and give my energies because then his peace will come. Number three, your thoughts determine your destiny. They will determine the pathway that we travel along to a destiny. We, we can say things like this. Well, it's just small. It's just a small thought. It's, it's not really big <laughs> right now. It's not big right now, but I want you to think about it this way. It's plotting a course. I remember in geometry class, we learned geometry in England when we were nine years old, just, want, just, just saying that, just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> I remember in geometry class, our teacher had us move all of our desks to the side. I'll never remember this day. I'll never forget this day. Had us move all our desks to the side of the class. And he said, we're going to do a geometry problem. We're not going to do it on the board. We're going to do it on the floor because I want it to be as big as we possibly can. And I remember our professor, Mr. Cullingford, he began to draw and he began to set a course. And he talked about how a plane leaves London, England, and it's heading towards New York. And he said the setting and the course that it needs to go to arrive in its destination is 19 degrees or whatever, how he said it. And so he began to plot that course. But he said along the way, it just shifted one degree. Just one degree. So now along the way, it shifts one degree. And he began to draw out on the floor of our classroom a massive thing. And then by the time it was supposed to hit its destination... It was literally hundreds of miles away because of one degree. Well, it's just a small thought. It's plotting your destination. You, you may be in control of it right now and think everything's good, but you're going to miss your destination. You're going to miss your target. You, you're going to miss where God has. I've never forgot that. And so tonight, today, I pray that that paints a great picture. Why? Because your thoughts are so powerful because they are directional. Look at this statement. Sow a thought, you'll reap an action. Sow an action, you'll reap a habit. Sow a habit, you'll reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle and you will reap a destiny. What's first? Your thought. What's at the end? Your destiny. Begins with your thought and it will take you to your destiny. Today, if you don't like where you're going in life, change your thoughts change your thinking. And you may say, oh, this is all psychobabble stuff. This is all like mind game stuff. No, it's not. It's biblical. It's biblical. It's biblical. Because I'm going to show you. Ready? Romans 8, 5 through 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the holy spirit think about the things that please the spirits so let your sinful nature take control and your mind will lead you to it's going to lead you to death. But letting God, His Spirit, take control of your mind, it's going to lead you to life and peace. This ain't psycho babble; It's the truth from God's Word. Your thinking is going to determine your destination. You're thinking like the world, you're going to end up at the world. You begin to think like God, have that mind that was in Christ Jesus. You're going to find life. And peace. My God, I need peace today in my life because there's unrest all around me and I can have peace. I can sleep at night. I'm telling you right now, fear is not something that I deal with. I'll get on aeroplanes. I'll do whatever. I'm not afraid. I remember after 9-11, five weeks in a row after that, five weekends, I flew in a plane. The planes were empty. No one wanted to fly. Everyone was terrified. People looked at me and said, aren't you afraid to fly? I said, no, I'm not afraid to fly. I, I just hope that if the plane goes down, that God would take me up before we get down because I'm already halfway there. So that would be kind of cool. Thank you, God. But I'm not afraid. I've been on planes where there's been holes in the wings and we've had to make emergency landing. And as a kid, 14 years of age, adults all around me paralyzed by fear. And I was a light and I was able to witness to every one of them and say, God's not given me fear. And I was able to pray with every one of those people. You see, you don't have to be fearful. Why change your thoughts to change your destination? I mean, just be real with yourself. Where is your thoughts taking you? Because some of you, it's Unrestville. Some of you, it's Depressville. Some of you, it's Fearville. Come on, you're getting on the wrong train and you're heading to the wrong destination. All right, I've got six minutes. Is that right? Six minutes. Come on. Help us, Jesus. I know what you're thinking. Help us, Jesus. Let me give you five practical ways to help you to control your thinking. How does it work out in my life? The first step is this. Find a plan to control my thoughts. I've got to have a plan. I've got to put something in place to control my thoughts. I think it's great to put a plan in your life, to have accountability in your life, to have structure, to have these things in your life. And we'll talk about that longer in another point. But if we're going to put a plan in our life, first we need to discover the source of our problems. What is the source of my problems? Wrong thinking. What is fueling that? That's what I've got to discover in my life. What is fueling the wrong thinking in my life? So first, I've got to identify those things, but then I've got to have a plan to control my thoughts. Here's the best plan you can have. Are you ready? Read the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Read the Word of God. But don't read it out of obligation and duty. Let the Bible begin to read you. So I'm telling you right now, as you read the Word of God, you're going to understand how God sees you. You're going to discover His will for your life. You're going to discover who you are in Christ. You're going to discover that the Bible is God's love letter to you. It's your manual for living. You want to be a better parent? It's in the Word of God. Give me chapter and verse. Well, here it is. Genesis through Revelation. You want to be a better husband and wife? Chapter and verse. Genesis to Revelation. You want to be a better friend? Genesis through Revelation, begin to read God's word and get it inside of you. Because here's what you've got to realize, this ain't just a book. It's not just a history book of what has happened. In fact, Hebrews 4 and verse 12 says, "For the Lord of the word of the Lord is alive. It's living and it is powerful." Come on, say with me, powerful. Come on, it's alive. It's powerful. And notice, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Notice this. Here it is. I want you to see this. What does God's Word do? It wants to expose your innermost thoughts and desires. If I need to change my thoughts, I need to read God's word because I'll expose. It's going to expose to me my wrong thinking and my wrong actions and the sin of my life. And it's going to help me. Do I hear an amen in the house? It teaches me God's word right from wrong. Get on a daily reading plan. If you don't have a daily reading plan, we send it out every day. Email nancy at encounterchurch.today. Nancy, and if you forget that, call the office, but nancy at today. Get on the reading plan. We give a daily devotion every day and then a reading plan. It doesn't take 10 minutes to do all of that in a day. Number two, find a place to think your thoughts. In other words, have a place where you can turn down the world's volume and speak to God And let God speak to you. Have a point of communication with God. I believe daily it's so vital for you to have a conversation with God. What's the best way to do that? Pray. Pray. Even MC Hammer realized that. Showing my age right now. How many remembers MC Hammer? It's Hammer time. Come on, who had Hammer pants? I never went there. never went there. There you go. It's Hammer time. Come on. Miss Miles is like waving. She had like every color and every style and everything. But MC Hammer realized you got to pray just to make it today. You sure have. You got to pray. And we're not just praying when we get around to it, we're praying first. Come on, we're praying. We're not just praying when we feel like it, we're praying. We're putting God first in our lives. And don't get caught up with, well, I don't know how to pray. You do. Talk to God like you would your best friend. Share your hearts, your problems, your fears, your concerns. Talk the truth to God because he already knows it anyway. Well, God, I just worship you today and I love you and I adore you. And God is in heaven going, no, you don't. You don't like me today. I know what's in your heart. Just go to God and say, God, I'm struggling with you today. I'm struggling with this and that. But God, I'm coming to you. Why? Because I'm having a place where I can think the right thoughts. Here's what I've learned. Are you ready? It's quality more than quantity. It's not how long, but it's the quality of the time that we give to God. Even first thing in the morning, before your feet hit the floor, God bless me today. Man, that's a great prayer. That's a great prayer. In fact, I think one of the greatest ways that we can pray is have burst prayers. Just burst out. You know, I'm going into a meeting. God, I need you to help me right now. I'm going into this meeting. Be with me on the way to the meeting. God, you're going to touch me. You're going to bless me. In Jesus' name, amen. Bam. God hears those prayers. And that's a great way. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. All who trust in you and those whose thoughts are fixed on you. You see, prayer is a great opportunity for us to offload and get our thoughts back on track to God as we remind ourselves who we're praying to. And when we begin to pray also, it reminds us who's in control. And it's not you, because if it was you, you wouldn't have to pray about that thing. Just saying, because you could fix that thing and you could do that thing. So what does prayer do? reminds you that you're not in control, but God is. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, here's our wristband. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, through prayer first. With supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Pray to God and the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Number three, find a person to stretch my thoughts. Find a person to stretch my thoughts. I surround myself with people that aren't going to tell me what I want to hear. They're going to tell me what I need to hear. I give people around me who are close to me the liberty to do that. At any time, you have the right. My lead team at any time have the right to walk into my office and say, Pastor, we need to talk about something because there's something in your life I think is out of check or out of line and it needs to be corrected. I give that to other pastor friends that I have here in town. I give them the opportunity. I want you to speak truth into my life because the world lies enough. I need the truth into my life. I need to surround myself with people that will stretch my thoughts, help keep my thoughts on check, keep me accountable. You know, the Bible says that God said it's not good for man to be alone. And God says, and I'm going to go one step further. God says, I'm going to provide for him a helper, a helpmate. And we know in that case it was Eve. It was a wife for Adam, but I believe it's the same for every one of us. I don't believe it's good for us to be alone. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. James five sixteen. 16, here's our small group prayer. And it says, confess your sins to each other. Here's the thought. Are you ready? What you two? Not just me. I mean, you go through that too. You, you, you think like that too. You, you, your wife and you have the same problems as I'm going through. Man, your kids were in the principal's office. You too. It's opening up your life and, and just realizing that you're not crazy. You're, you're not as bad as you thought you are. That everyone goes through. Because no temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. It's a common thing. But when we come together, we confess our sins to each other. Listen, we're not confessing to each other as you're my savior because you can't save me. But we're confessing and looking for a spiritual companionship. Someone that will hold us in accountability. And the Bible says, and then when we come to that place, we can then pray for one another that we will be healed. Healing comes when we surround ourselves with the right people. Friendships can bring healing to your life. So what's the greatest way I can do that in church? You ready? Get in a small group. Oh, you're just using this to preach your agenda. No, I'm not. I'm telling you right now, you go in a small group and if you tell me I'm lying, I will stand here. I will cancel every small group in this church and we will never do it again. But I'm telling you right now, they work. People are finding connections and friendships and life and starting February the 4th. It's coming up. You're going to be able to sign up next Sunday. Next Sunday, you're going to be able to start signing up for small groups. We've got 23 groups, I believe, this semester. All different activities and opportunities for your body of believers on a Saturday morning. You can get in shape. Quit talking about it and you can come and start doing it. Financial peace. Dave Ramsey. You can get your finances in line. You can get your marriage in line. You can just come and hang out at IHOP on a Thursday morning with the best group. Where's all my IHOPers in the morning? Right, Where are they? Don't leave me hanging, guys. There they are. Because why? Life change happens in the context of relationships. Surround yourself with people that will challenge your thoughts. And here's the coined phrase that I've come up with over the last few months. I've got to surround myself with people for my worst day, not for my best day. Some of you need to make some choices in your friend or some changes in your friendship circles. The company that you keep. Because you're going to become like them. Hebrews 10, 25, 24, 25 says... Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of good work. I want to be around people who are going to motivate me. And it says, let us not neglect our meeting together. You've got to be in church too. It's so important. That's church. Let's be together so we can encourage one another, especially now as the day of his return is drawing near. You need someone to encourage you because you can't do life alone. We need each other. Get in a group. Number four, almost done. Find a purpose to use your thoughts. Purpose in life is so crucial. Because it helps direct your thoughts when you know the reason you're here. When you know what your calling is, when you have that peace inside. It helps to direct your thoughts from there when you know your reason. Here's your reason. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life against what most of you perhaps think today. But God still has a plan for your life. Romans 12:2 the last part now do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world but God let God change the way you think by renewing your mind then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect come on then you will know God's will for you When you give your life and you're living in purpose and you're following God and not following the world, but you're redirecting your life, you will know God's purpose and will and plan for your life. And it's good, pleasing and perfect. So what's the best way? Growth track? Growth track. Growth track. We can help you. Give us four weeks of your life. You don't even have to miss church because you could be in here at nine o'clock and in growth track at eleven. But we want to help you to discover your purpose. And we want to help you and give you opportunities that you can use your purpose to serve other people. Because your purpose was given to you, not just for you, but for you to bless other people and to reach other people and to serve a dream team, to live the dream. And last but not least, the band can come back. Find a power to fuel my thoughts. Find a plan. Find a place. Find a person. Find a purpose. And find a power. A power. I remember when I started the church. I remember when God gave me a vision for this church. Back then, Heart Family Life Center, when we first started. It was called Center. And then we changed it to church. And then we changed now to Encounter Church. But I remember when God gave me the vision of this church. And can I tell you how I felt? So excited but totally afraid. So excited, but totally overwhelmed. Because God showed me more than this. I'm telling you right now, the vision that God has given me for this church still scares me because it's way bigger than this. It's way bigger than this. This is just a step to what God has for us. And, and if I shared, if I shared the vision, I'm telling you right now, I've got to be careful. We're going to be having a vision Sunday at the end of February. I've got to be careful the vision I share because I want to motivate you, not make you fearful of it. Because if I was to share it all, you would look like me and say, there's no way we can get there. You are sitting in a place right now that 15 years ago we said, no way we'll get there in our minds. But we're here. We're here. And why is that? It's because God gave me a vision, but with the vision, God also provides the provision. What is the provision that God gives us when it's beyond us? You see, if I can do it, I don't need God. And that's why God gives us things that are beyond, that we think are impossible. There's no way that can happen. God gives us those things on purpose. For what reason? Because we have to move beyond ourselves and we need to tap into a higher power. I don't like how they use that. We've got to tap into God. And we've got to realize, God, I've got to have your power in living inside of me. I've got to have the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts verse 1. You've got to receive power when the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, has come upon you. And what does that power want to do? Make you a witness. So you can live the life. So you can spread the news. So often we feel overwhelmed. There's no way I can do that. My husband will never be saved. My finances will never change. You've got to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. That will make you a witness. What a testimony that God has done it. And God will continue to do it. If you want to live a victorious life as a child of God. The Holy Spirit needs to be living inside of your life. How do I know that? Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I wonder what thoughts God wants you to act on, your low thoughts or his high thoughts. I wonder what way he wants you to go, your ways or his ways. I'm telling you right now, his thoughts and his ways. And so how do we do that? He gives us the power. Through His Holy Spirit, in order to be able to accomplish those things, to go above and beyond. We're going to end this message as Christy began the service today. Ephesians three twenty. Now to Him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or or think, according to what whose power, your power. God's power, would you stand all over this place? It's His power. It's His blessings. It's His strength. Come on. It's who God is. You see, so many people don't want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what we believe with a heavenly language and speaking in other tongues. A lot of people don't want to believe that and receive that because of the wrong packaging. If I was to say to you right now, do you need power to live a victorious life? Do you need power to think beyond your thoughts? Do you need power to be a better spouse do you, and husband? Do you need strength beyond your strength? How many people would say yes to that? Everyone. If not, then you're, you're a fool. I hate to say that, but you are. Who, who wouldn't want that? That's God's Holy Spirit. That's God's Holy Spirit. Just bow your heads all over this place just want to do the right thing. Sometimes I'll write down in my notes kind of the direction I feel that we're going to go. But when I was preparing this message, I wrote nothing. Because I said, God, I want you to direct us. I want to make sure, God, we're on time. And, and, and listen to me. If God ever changes anything, I'm, I'm not bound by what's written on that paper. I want you to know that. That's just what I feel at the moment is where God's leading me. But sometimes God can change the course, and that's fine. We have plans and preparations, but God's in control. And he can take control at any time and do what he wants to do at any time. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You know, our thoughts are so powerful. We're shaped by our thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. He becomes. Our heart is where God wants to come in and occupy. Because you see, when God comes and occupies, it's almost like God becomes a filter between our thoughts and our actions. That as they come through that heart that is given to God, God changes them so what we do and what we begin to think and the product ongoing is different. That God wants to change our thoughts. God wants to change our hearts. Because it's a heart change that we need right now. And I wonder today, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if there's anyone today that you would say, Pastor, I need to give my life to Christ. I need a heart change today. I need to surrender my life to God. Maybe you've done it before, but you know today, God's Spirit is speaking to you right now. Just be sensitive to that. Open that. And you've got to control your thoughts because your thoughts are saying, oh, people are going to look at you crazy. What are they going to think about you? Who cares what they think about you? All that matters is what God thinks. Come on. And God loves you. And God wants you and desires you today. Is there anyone that would lift their hand and say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer today. I want to pray that prayer today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on. We had 14 people give their hearts to Christ on Friday night in Crossroads. God God is really moving on a Friday night. God is really moving. Really moving and touching lives. Come on, is there anyone else today that you would say, Pastor, that's me. After you put your hand up, you can put it down. I want to pray for you today. And we're going to pray. And listen, after I've said amen, I don't want you to be dismissed and leave because I just feel that God still wants to do something in this place. Come on, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I give my heart to you. I surrender my thinking, take control of my thoughts so I can live for you. As I give my life to you today, I pray that you would change me. I pray that you would transform me and that you would renew me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for changing my life. In Jesus' name, amen.